the Prophecy Club. Today we're going to be answering one of the biggest questions in all of Bible prophecy, and that is, who are the two witnesses? Now, before I memorized the book of Revelation, I thought, probably like you thought, like almost all of the prophecy teachers and students thought, is that they would be Enoch and Elijah. And the reason is because Enoch did not die. He was not for God took him. So, since the Bible says it is appointed man wants to die, Hebrews 10, 27, and then the judgment, then it was, since Enoch didn't die, he had to be one of them. The other one was Elijah. And because Elijah was taken up into a chariot of fire and never died. So, hence, that means Elijah, <laughs> that means that Elijah and Enoch have to be the two witnesses, right? Uh, wrong. Actually, again, that's one of the things I saw when I started memorizing the book of Revelation. So let's go to Revelation 9. I'll read the scripture. Then I'm going to jump to my book, The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. And I'm probably going to just read word for word for you because that's the simplest, easiest way to understand who the two witnesses really are. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you right up front who they are. But then I'm going to give you the reasons, many of the reasons, why I'm correct in this. Okay, so who are the two witnesses? It's Moses and John the Revelator. Moses and John the Revelator. Okay, let's go to Revelation 1.9. I, John, who am also your brother and companion in tribulation, and in the kingdom of patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, I didn't understand that when I was memorizing that, and sometimes that's the way it is. Sometimes you're memorizing words and you don't exactly understand them until later on because the Word of God is infinite and we have to understand it by the Spirit, not by the letter of the law. So when I ran across that, since I saw it saying, I, John, who am also your brother and companion in tribulation, I thought, companion in tribulation. Hmm. Does that mean that he's going to be? No, no, no. See, because I'd already had my preconceived ideas. I could not see that that is saying that John the Revelator could be in the tribulation with us when it says, and companion in tribulation. No, 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 because tribulation also means pressure, so that's not necessarily saying that he's going to be in the tribulation with us. Again, that's what I first thought, and I just kept memorizing. Now let's go to the book, The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy, which, by the way, if you have not got this book, I strongly recommend you get it. It's uh, 1 for 20, 5 for 35, and 10 for $60, but the best deal is you get about 40 books for a $100 gift, and that's at prophecyclub.com. I think that this book may turn out to be, if not the bestseller, one of the best-selling prophecy books in the world in human history. Really? Wow, what a statement. You arrogant. <laughs> well, let me tell you why I say that. One is it's got Dimitri Dudeman's testimony in it. And when that internal revolution starts, that's going to cause a lot of people to turn to it. And then, as I told you, and I looked up the date, I had to go back in old newsletters, uh, and I, I, I've got to confirm this, but I think, if I recall, it was June 27th of 2008. 
I was out on an 18 city speaking tour after I spoke in Amarillo that night. That was the night that I heard the voice say, quote, Stan, I will give you the money to drill the well in Israel, unquote. Now, I didn't really don't talk about the rest of the evening. Uh, frankly, I can't remember a whole lot of it. I wish I could, but it was that eternity voice came in. And for the rest of the evening, it seemed like all night long, I was in like a school, and he was putting things in my heart. But the only thing I remember for the rest of the evening was this. I saw Leslie actually standing up and holding up various newspapers. She was hold. I mean, I actually saw this in the dream. She was holding newspapers, and they were headlines to the fall of America. Israel refuses help to America. Catastrophe hits America. Omar ushers in Palestinian state. And by the way, I do not remember whether how it was spelled. Uh, one of America's greatest times of need. Israel has attacked America since troops. Chaos reigns as Americans protest help to Israel. And then she heard my voice quoting Demetri Dudem of the fall of America will start with an internal revolution. Now, he said that when these prophecies I gave your wife, those were the exact words, when these prophecies that I gave your wife begin to come to pass, people from all directions will begin to turn and to listen to your ministry. And when those newspaper headlines start coming to pass, just about everybody and their brother, <laughs> at least in America anyway, is going to want to have a copy of this book. And I know that. And, you know, there's been several other prophecies that God is going to give me thousands upon souls and blah, blah, blah. Okay, so I don't need to get into that today. So let's jump to the book. The Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy, available at prophecyclub.com. Here are the reasons why Moses and John the Revelator will be the two witnesses. What a blessing it has been to be memorized in the book of Revelation, reading out loud one evening, repeating one of these verses in order to memorize it. Suddenly, I saw something I had never seen before. I thought, is John saying he is going to be with us in the tribulation when it says, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation, is John saying he's going to be with us in tribulation? Well, is he saying he's going to be there? I dismissed the thought, as I said, because nah, that's not the way I saw it. So I thought, no, 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 that can't be. It's got to be Enoch and Elijah, as I mentioned. So here's reason number one. Because it does say, I, John, who am also your brother and companion in tribulation, because it says that, that is reason number one, but I've got more reasons. Reason number two, John eats the sweet book and then prophesies. When I reached Revelation 10, 8, a second reason arrived, taking a more serious look to see if I had misunderstood about Elijah and Enoch being the two witnesses. I discovered something new in the scriptures. <laughs> I might add, I discovered a lot of things new in the scriptures. In these verses, John eats the little book, which was sweet as honey in his mouth. There are only two places in the entire Bible which a book or a roll is eaten and is as sweet as honey to the taste. One is obviously Revelation 10.8. Go and take the little book. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up, and it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. And he said to me, Thou must prophesy again before many peoples, nations, tongues, and kings. The other place is Ezekiel 2, 9, 3, and 4. It says, 
a roll of a book was therein. It was written within and without, and there was written therein lamentations, mourning, and woe. Son of man, eat that thou findest, eat this roll, and go and speak to the house of Israel. It was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. And he said unto me, Son of man, go, get thee to the house of Israel, and speak with my words unto them. See, God had Ezekiel eat the sweet roll, and then was immediately told to go and speak the words of lamentations, mourning, and woe to Israel. Likewise, immediately after John eats the sweet roll book, John is also told that he will prophesy before many peoples, nations, tongues, and kings. So, the sweet book is lamentations, mourning, and woe. The two witnesses speak out curses to stop the rain, turn the water to blood, and John eats the book of Lamentations, Mourning, and Woe. He then speaks those words, the words of God, upon the earth. John eats the book which gives him the words to say. So, where are Enoch and Elijah found eating a sweet book of curses? Nowhere. Neither one of them is one of the two witnesses. Neither one eats a book. It is John the Revelator who eats the book of, quote, Lamentations, Mourning, and Woe, then, just as Ezekiel prophesied, then John prophesies to the nation of Israel, among others. So, the sweet roll is the words that John the Revelator is going to speak when he is one of the two witnesses in the last days. So that's reason number two. Reason number three. John speaks to, quote, many peoples, nations, tongues, and kings. Unquote, as an unfulfilled prophecy. John was told by one of the most powerful angels in the Bible that he is going to speak to, quote, many peoples, nations, tongues, and kings. And according to the book of Fox's Book of Martyrs, John was boiled in oil and banned to the Isle of Patmos. He never traveled the globe. He never prophesied to, quote, many people, nations, tongues, and kings. From Fox's Book of Martyrs, it basically says, without me reading all of it there, that he died on that island. Well, that would make this prophecy unfulfilled. And the angel that made this prophecy is the angel which stood upon the earth and the sea. That's a pretty powerful angel. Probably this is Michael, the archangel. So this is no small prophecy. That's reason number three. Reason number four, which is a continuation of thought. You see, when John got the book of Revelation, he didn't have any book, chapter, and verses in it. It was just all one big text. And so sometimes where they put the, the chapter change, we tend to think that it is a period <laughs> or a change of thought. But it's actually not. Only two verses after, John is told to eat the book and then speak lamentations, mourning, and woe to Israel. Only two verses later. Then the angel reveals the two witnesses. See, the text never changes topics from telling John that he is going to prophesy to, quote, many people's nations, tongues, and kings, to now I will give power unto my two witnesses. Okay, so uh, let me just stop for a second. So it was just saying John's going to prophesy to many people, nations, tongues, and kings. Two verses later, it now says, I will give power unto my two witnesses meaning that's the same thing he's talking about. He's talking to John, saying, you're going to prophesy before many people, nations, tongues, and kings, 
and you're going to be one of the two witnesses. That's what it's saying. Furthermore, neither of the two verses change the topic or the subject, where it says, Thou must prophesy again, is speaking of John. And then two verses later, when it says, I will give power to my two witnesses, it is still speaking to John. And it is a direct prophecy. Thou must prophesy again, is speaking of John the Revelator. And then I will give power to my two witnesses, is also speaking to John the Revelator. The verses are a continuation of thought. That's reason number four. Now let's go to reason number five. Christians would readily listen to John. Now think about this. The thought came to me, who would most Christians respect to teach them the book of Revelation more than John the Revelator, the one who wrote the book, the one that saw the vision? Who would most people readily believe? The answer, I thought, had to be John the Revelator. So for these five reasons, it began to change my mind. John must be one of the two witnesses, but more reasons were about to come. See, in those days, I was a little reluctant to change my previous conclusions after studying Bible prophecy for over 40 years. I also understood that the moment we stop chasing truth with all of our heart, that's the moment we can begin to compromise, even in the slightest degree. And then the devil rejoices to start bringing us more and more and more error. One of the most difficult tasks in life is to find truth. We must pursue it, forsaking all if necessary, or error will find its way into our heart and our understanding. Proverbs 25.2 says, It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings to search out a matter. As much as I disliked it, my studies that had formed my previous conclusions were now becoming wrong. (laughs) There was nothing wrong with being wrong, of course, if one turns from the error. So I discovered that God is quite willing to let me hold error if I want to. He is not necessarily obligated to help me find truth unless I genuinely want to find it. And then I got to pursue it with all my strength. Well, Revelation 3.19 says, As many as I love, I rebuke and chase and be zealous therefore and repent. So I had at this point to start realizing, okay, wait a minute, maybe Elijah and Enoch are not the two witnesses. Now let's jump to reason number six. John and Moses are both linked through time by the secret door of prophecy. They both have prophecies for the last days. Moses had the Song of Moses, and John, of course, the book of Revelation. Now, Leslie was told November 23rd of 2007 that if I studied the feasts, God would show me a secret door to understand Bible prophecy. This prophecy was fulfilled confirming the word is from God on March 23rd of 2018. I was shown the vision of two books linked by a secret door. Those two books were Moses, the book of Torah, and John's, the book of Revelation. I saw these two books side by side, and I was made to know that the one on the left was the Torah of Moses, the one on the right was the Revelation of John. And I saw a yellow time tunnel linking the two. The time tunnel looked similar to like a yellow stick of butter linking the two, but somehow I knew it was a time tunnel, specifically linking the word first fruits of Leviticus 23.12 to first fruits of Revelation 14.4. That revelation was linked by the book of Moses. 
I count that as my sixth reason for choosing John the Revelator to be one of the two witnesses, even though they were written thousands of years apart. They're linked spiritually. Moses is linked to John. Why is it we would see no links between Enoch and Elijah? See, there's a secret spiritual door between Torah and Revelation because Moses and John are the two witnesses. All right, now, that's six reasons why John the Revelator will be one of the two witnesses. Now let's go to Moses. Okay, reason number one, the tribulation saints sing the Song of Moses. Revelation 15.2 speaks of a time near the end of the seven years. And as I began to memorize this statement, another thought came to me, which by now I've concluded that those are the thoughts of God guiding me into writing this book. Sometimes these revelations come in the form of questions, as this one did. Why are these people standing on the sea of glass came to me? Now, let's read Revelation 15, 2 and 3 and know what we're talking about. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten victory over the beast, over his image, over his mark, and over the number of his name. That's four things. Stand upon the sea of glass, having the harps of God, and they sing. Here it is, here it is, here it is. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God. So did you get that? The overcomers that get victory over the beast, his image, his mark, and the name of his number, stand upon the sea of glass, and they sing the song of Moses. Why aren't they singing the song of Elijah or the song of Enoch? Because Enoch and Elijah doesn't have any songs. So here we are in the last days, in the tribulation, these are they've got victory over the beast, so they're in the tribulation, yet they're singing the song of Moses. Obviously, it's probably because they just spent some three and a half years with Moses and John the Revelator down in the streets of Jerusalem. Let's go on to the book, though. So why would those who have gotten, quote, victory over the beast sing, quote, the song of Moses? I had to arrive at the conclusion that these tribulation saints had just battled the beast for the last three and a half years alongside Moses and John, and they are standing on the sea of glass because before their death, they had witnessed Moses and John the Revelator fighting almost daily with evil in the streets of Jerusalem. Their victory was losing their life for Christ and not giving in to the beast, his lies, his mouth, speaking great things. So they become overcomers. They resisted and, quote, keep my works to the end. John the Revelator will be an overcomer, witnessing to those who dwell on the earth a living testimony of how to become an overcomer by resisting the devil in the streets of Jerusalem near the last half of the tribulation clothed in sackcloth. But Moses is also one of the two witnesses. They know when they see Moses battling the beast, which is why they play their harps and sing the song of Moses. Deuteronomy 31. Moses is there battling the beast. They have just spent three and a half years battling with Moses and the beast. And this is their time of rejoicing over the beast because they have the victory. The greatest of victories, the victory over the beast. So that's why they sing the song of Moses. That's reason number one. Now let's go to reason number two. In Egypt, Moses turned water to blood. And Moses, in the tribulation, is simply repeating his giftings given to him back in Egypt. But now he's repeating them in the modern times. 
Enoch and Elijah never turned water to blood. But Moses did. See, many of the curses the two witnesses sent upon the earth are the same curses Moses sent upon Pharaoh in Egypt. Moses is simply repeating the curses of God from the days before Pharaoh in Egypt. He sends the same curses in the tribulation. We know that the Bible says that the gifts and calling of God are without repentance, meaning God doesn't pull back a gift once he gives it. He's given it to Moses, and Moses is simply now repeating the same giftings before the beast, the curses from, the, uh, from before Pharaoh, which is a precursor of the beast. See, Ecclesiastes 1.9 says, That thing which hath been is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done. Here it is, here it is. And there is no new thing under the sun. Meaning, what Moses did before the Pharaoh, he will do before the beast. Moses turned water to blood, Moses turned water to blood before the beast. As done before Pharaoh, he does before the beast. For this reason, I'm going to call that reason number two. Now let's go to reason number three. Moses was given the Song of Moses, which plays in the last days. My third reason is the Song of Moses itself. The Song of Moses is a prophecy given to Moses on his 120th birthday, and he speaks it over Israel, mostly to be fulfilled in the last days. See, I believe that the reason Moses was given the prophecy was because he will be in Israel as it is fulfilled. He will be there with his people in their darkest hour, sending out curses against evil. Fire, the morning star, will come from his mouth and burn up his enemies. On November the 1, 2015, I sat in the front row at church as my lovely wife Leslie was teaching that Sunday morning. And I heard words in my heart, not my ears, in my heart, but I promise I heard words. And they said, the song of Moses is not a song. Well, I knew it wasn't a song. I knew it was a prophecy to Israel to help them in the last days. But I had to read it again. So I got up, I went and looked up the verses before the song of Moses. It mentions the last days. And Moses prophesied about the last days. That doesn't prove by itself that Moses is one of the two witnesses, but in light of the additional reasons, in my opinion, there's no doubt. Remember, this was given to Moses and delivered to Israel on Moses' 120th birthday. Moses didn't die from old age. He died because of one mistake. Now, could it be that Moses was given the Song of Moses because Moses knew he would return in the last days when his prophecy plays. Could it be that the Song of Moses in Deuteronomy 31 actually links to the Song of Moses in Revelation 15.3? Once again, we see a link between Moses and John, a link between the Torah and Revelation. Deuteronomy 31.2 says, And he, Moses, said unto them, I'm 120 years old this day. Then we jump to 34.5-7. So Moses, the servant of God, died there in the the land of Moab. But no man knoweth his sepulcher unto this day. And Moses was 120 years old when he died. No one knows where Moses was buried. I'll say it again. No one knows (laughs) where Moses is buried. Maybe, Maybe it's because he never was buried. Maybe he was taken to heaven 
and he's going to return in the last days. Deuteronomy 31, 28 says, Gather in me all the elders of your tribes and your offices, that, officers, that I may speak these words in their ears, and call heaven and earth in record against them. For I know that after my death you will utterly corrupt yourselves, and turn aside from the way which I have commanded you, and evil will, here it is, here it is, befall you in the latter days. <laughs> okay, so here Moses is talking about the last days where his song is going to be fulfilled and plays again, and he's going to be there with them. Let's go to reason number four. The grave of Moses was never known, and Michael and the devil fought over his body. So we got to ask ourselves a question. What was done with the body of Moses? Why can't anyone find his grave? Is that reason number four? Now let's go to reason number five. Moses was promised to go into the land that flows with milk and honey. My fifth reason is an unfulfilled prophecy or promise made to Moses. Now we all know that Moses was told he's going to go into the land that flows with milk and honey. Deuteronomy 32, 13 to 15. He made him to ride upon the high places of the earth. I believe that's talking about massive amounts of oil be given to Israel. That he might eat the increase of the fields. We think that means oil fields and crude oil. And he made him to suck honey out of the rock and oil out of the flinty rock. Well, honey, we believe, is talking about yellow-colored crude oil. And the very best rock to get oil out of is flint rock. But Jeshurun waxed fat. Fat is crude oil, and Jeshurun's talking about Israel. And kicked, and thou art waxen fat. Thou art grown thick, and thou art covered with fatness, crude oil. Then he forsook God, which made him, and lightly esteemed the rock of his, this is Jesus, the rock of his salvation. This is in a time when some of Israel receives Jesus, and that's in the last days. So my reason number five is, is that Moses was promised to go into the land that flows with milk and honey. His song of Moses prophesied Israel will be given massive amounts of oil in the last days. So it seems to me that Moses was promised that he would go into the promised land, and perhaps he will, but he will on his second appearance as one of the two witnesses. Reason number six, the feasts and the Torah written by Moses are part of the secret door of prophecy. This prophecy called the Song of Moses was given to Moses because Moses will be there in the last three and a half years seeing it fulfilled. So what are the good reasons would there be explaining why the Song of Moses would be even mentioned in Revelation, a book about the last days? Because Moses lived about 3,500 years ago and the Song of Moses was written in Revelation because Moses is going to be one of the two witnesses. So in that revelation was linked to the book of Moses or the Torah, I count that as the sixth reason for Moses. Let's go to reason number seven. Who would the Israelites listen to to tell them about the last days the most? Who would the Jews listen to more than any other person in human history? The answer, Moses. So I believe the two witnesses are Moses and John the Revelator. So here are the summarized six reasons. John. John says, I, John, who am also your brother and companion in tribulation. He ate the sweet book of, quote, lamentations, mourning, and woe. The unfulfilled prophecy, thou must prophesy again before many peoples, nations, tongues, and kings. Thou must prophesy again is only two verses from, I will give power unto my two witnesses. John and the book of Revelation is a New Testament part of the secret door. 
and who would the Christians listen to more than anyone else to tell them about the last days in the book of Revelation? The answer is John. Now a summary of why Moses is the other one of the two witnesses. The tribulation saints sing the song of Moses. In Egypt, Moses turned water to blood, and in the last days, he will once again turn water to blood. Moses was given the prophecy of the Song of Moses, which plays in the last days. The grave of Moses was not found, and Michael and the devil fought over his body. Moses was promised to go into the land that flows with milk and honey. The feasts and the Torah written by Moses are the Old Testament half of the secret door of prophecy. Who would the Israelites listen to more than anyone else? Moses. So, in summary, the two witnesses are John the Revelator and Moses. In 2017, God blessed me by helping me to memorize the book of Revelation. God showed me a secret door, which is based upon a single word found in Revelation and Leviticus, linking the feasts to the prophecies. When linked, a person enters into an understanding of Bible prophecy not previously known. Even though I've been in the world of Bible prophecy for 40 years, frankly, I did not know anything of what is in this book. One prophetic word described it this way. There is a lock that I have put over a word in the book of Revelation that I'm going to open to you. It will turn so many books written on the end time message into obsolete books. That's this book. Two amazing prophecy charts on the back flap, 12 inches by 9 inches. Imagine a book on prophecy that brings a fresh, new, accurate perspective. Everyone is in a panic. No one is taking credit cards or dollar bills anymore, but they are taking silver coins. Call CornerstoneAssetMetals.com. Mention Prophecy Club.